everybody, and welcome back to The Tea with Prima. My name is Chris, and I will actually not be your host on today's episode. I will be the interviewee, the person answering all the questions. So our host today will actually be Emma. Yay, I'm in the, I'm in the host seat, and you're in the hot seat. You know, so we really switched it up today. And it's because today's topic has been years. <laughs> Years in the making. Episode it one has in been the making. A journey. <laughs> Honestly, even before episode one, like this journey precedes, predates, is older than the podcast itself. And so today we are debriefing on my experience in Brazil. So I'm the hostess with the mostest today. I guess I'll just lead us through it all. So starting first with our tea check. What are you drinking today, Chris? Today, in honor of going to Brazil, I found one of the teas that I've been sent that is supposed to be reminiscent of Brazil. It is called Tropic of Capricorn. And the description says to enter the dreamy landscape of the Brazilian coastline against turquoise waters, emerald forest, pop with vibrant fruits and surreal shapes and flavors because it's supposed to taste like musk melon, eucalyptus, and pine and lot. feel like a winter holiday in Brazil. When I tell you Uncommon, August Uncommon does not play with their descriptions. These are <laughs> intense, which I think also sometimes like leads to them being a letdown, but this one's not bad. Honestly, it's pretty, it's pretty solid. I don't really associate tea with Brazil because I had zero cups of it while I was there, but it is a nice, like, lightly fruit tea. So overall, I'd have to give them a three and a half out of five stars. Almost a four star tea right there. Dang, that was a lot. That, that description was a lot. There was a lot going on. I just had to process that for a second. I'm also drinking it out of my Rio mug that I got while I was there. There you go. Had to make sure I brought a mug back. Today I'm drinking a rose hip and hibiscus. I haven't tried it yet. It was it was steeping for a little while, so I hope it's not too like bitter or anything like that. But you know, just a little basic basic tea. Okay. So, we're getting into it. Are you ready? Absolutely. Good. And no non-answers this time, Christopher. Only real answers. There won't be. I have nothing but details. Details. Nothing but details. All the details, tea. all of them. All of the tea we are spilling it about Brazil. So, Brazil trip recap starting now. Describe your Brazil trip in three words. Only three words right off the top of your head. Rapid fire question. Three words. Go. I loved it. Ooh. Does that count? Is that three words? I think that's three words, right? It's a phrase. Phrase. I like it. There you go. I loved it. Okay. We're going to get into it, guys. So let's talk about pre-trip though. You know, (laughs) again, it was like a five-year pro. I feel like this trip has been, it's even older than our friendship, honestly. It is. You know, like you've been talking about this trip, like every single time we would talk about going abroad, you're like, I'm not going anywhere until I go to Brazil. So you finally put it into fruition. You finally started doing the things. So how did you prepare for this trip? So we're going to talk about only like the actual logistics, not all of the, because there was a lot of roundabout stuff that happened in the between times. And there were a lot of reasons that it didn't happen on the original timeline that it was supposed to happen on. But we're only going to talk about the actual things that were actually helpful to making Brazil happen. So one of the very first things that I had to do was get a passport. And I will say the 
hurdles and obstacles started at that point because when I tried to get my passport the first time, I didn't have the right birth certificate because apparently you have to have the right type of birth certificate. So immediately I gathered all of the monies. I had gathered all of the documentation, showed up, was ready to go at the post office to apply for my passport, showed up. And the lady was like, this ain't even the right birth certificate. Try again later. Go to the courthouse to try to get my birth certificate. And they were like, you were born in this county, referring to DFW County, Tarrant, whichever county I was in at the time. You're going to have to go back to your birth county or to Austin to get your birth certificate. So I was not born in Austin. So I would have had to make a trip to another county or a trip to Austin. And like, yes, I go to Austin, but not during the week from nine to five when courthouses are open. Exactly. And so it became this whole thing. I did order it. It took forever for the birth certificate to come in. When they say it will take nine to 12 weeks, it took 12 weeks. All 12 of the weeks is how long it took for me to get my birth certificate. And by that point, I'm not going to lie, I kind of lost steam on going back, gathering all the documents, making another appointment to go to the... It just I lost a little bit of the steam. And so then I kind of put everything back to the side. Then when I was trying to get it to go again, COVID happened. <laughs> and at that point, there was no point in getting a passport because no one was going nowhere. It did not matter. <laughs> we were grounded. We were in the home. So finally start getting a passport, got the passport, all that stuff is done, set, ready, taken care of. We were supposed to go to Brazil and then Emma gets a job in Japan. <laughs> so then I was like, wait, we were supposed to, it was supposed to be a whole experience. Like this is supposed to be a whole thing. And then she's like, that's cute, but I'm moving to Japan. I was like, okay, well now I got to recalibrate. And so then it all happened in the right time. I got a travel credit card qualified for the intro offer, collected all of the extra bonus points, and used the bonus points to book a flight to Brazil. Oh my goodness. And I want to say that's pretty much, like at a bare minimum, that's all like the basic stuff. Of how you prepared. That had to happen. How you have to like just literally prepare. It was years just like from start, as in gathering the documents that first time. And it just it had been a nightmarishly long experience from that point. And so then getting closer to it, you know, it comes down to buying the flight, booking the hotel, pre-booking any trips or excursions and things, activities that you're going to do while you're there. And then finally, just packing and making sure that you have all of the right stuff to go on across the world trip for the first time. So whew, all that to say, I made it happen and it was a lot of overcoming of obstacles but it's fine it happened i have no regrets now i have a whole passport i think that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize like the accessibility of passports right the u.s has one of the strongest passports but one of the lowest passport you have users like people who have a passport in the u.s right like not it that's not a common thing to have a passport in the u.s even though we have one of the strongest passports and like i didn't realize that until I was planning a trip going from Japan to the U.S. recently where I have students who were not U.S. citizens and just like the hurdles that they have to jump through to get into the U.S. or like for us to leave. So, you know, Chris had to look at visas and there were certain COVID restrictions and like it was unclear. Was there a visa needed? Was there COVID restrictions? Do I need to have this thing? Which I feel like was also part of like pre-trip jitters and like anxieties as well. But preparation 
as you can see, took a long time. Also, Chris is a planner. Like, he's like a planner, like, down to the T. You know, he kind of knew what he was going to do, have all those things. So tell us about your itinerary for the trip. What happened? Also, how long was your trip? I feel like that's, like, an important thing to go through, too. I want to say I left Saturday morning and arrived in Rio Sunday night. Yeah. Because I spent just over half a day in Sao Paulo, which is also in Brazil, in case anyone did not know. It's another city in Brazil. And honestly, I was kind of sad because the original trip was going to take me through Toronto. And so on a technicality, Brazil wasn't going to be the first country that I went to ever. But the universe pulled through, put a snowstorm in Toronto. (laughs) And Canada was like, okay, well, that's not going to work. And so they flew me out from O'Hare instead. And so actually, the first country I went to is still Brazil, officially. There's no, there's no like, technically, it was like, mm -mm. the first country I've ever been to was Brazil. And so I arrived in Sao Paulo on Sunday morning, had a great time there for half a day, just over 12 hours, and then got to Rio Sunday night. Monday morning, I went paragliding in the morning, jumped off a mountain, landed on the beach wonderful time. Like, if you've not gone paragliding, do it for sure. The next day, I went on a full day tour of Rio. Honestly, I thought it was, I thought I had signed up for a half day tour. And <laughs> this tour guide was like, it's going to be all day. And so I was gone from eight and did not get back to my hotel until six, almost seven. Oh, yeah. So it was like, it was a full day tour and I got to see Pretty much all of the places that you expect to see while in Brazil. So I got to go see Christ the Redeemer. I went up Sugarloaf Mountain. I went to uh, Maracana Stadium. There were the steps that I went to see in Brazil. We saw the arches, the cathedral in the center of the city. We drove through a favela because everyone wants to drive through a favela. I didn't want to, but you have to drive through the favela to get to Christ. So we did, but not like through, through, through the favela, just like. There's a road that you have to take to get to the Christ and it's through the favela, but that happened. And then on the last day, I just was a beach day and that would have been, that was Wednesday. And then after the beach day on Wednesday, I just like had a very relaxed, calm breakfast on Thursday, flew out of Rio, had another layover in Sao Paulo, landed in Toronto, and then flew back home to DFW from there and got back from there on like Friday. Did you mention what you did in Sao Paulo the first time? I just went to downtown Sao Paulo and like walked around and explored, just saw what there was to see in Sao Paulo. It was, it's not anything in particular, nothing. I can't remember the the name of the park that I went to and then the area around the park. And so it was just one of those, like, just walk around, just be part of the out and just see what things, which I mean, ultimately, like, I think that is what tourism is. That's also just like what I do at places, no matter where. I just kind of like to like show up to a place and just walk around and see what kind of life I run into. You know what I mean? And so that was really nice. I almost went to the Afro-Brazilian museum that was in the park. Realized very quickly that everything was in Portuguese. And so I just, yes, I could have went, but it just would not have had the same effect, that same kind of impact. So I did not end up going there, but it was really nice to just walk around the city, walk around the park, explore Sao Paulo in that regard. So that was really nice. Was there a major difference between Sao Paulo and Rio vibes, did you feel like? Or did you feel like kind of similar because you didn't really get to experience as much in Sao Paulo or? Sao Paulo felt to me very city. Like everyone looked and it was Sunday when I was there. So everyone 
it was also just like a chill Sunday. So the park was lit. There were all sorts of people there. It was a very packed, people running, biking, walking with their kids, skating, taking pictures, just living their best life, playing soccer, playing volleyball, playing a mix of, well, I guess, yes, soccer and volleyball. That was new to me. Oh. People were playing Quidditch in the park. <laughs> There's definitely people on broomsticks running around the park playing Quidditch. That was real. I did not make that up. I should have taken a picture, but it's fine. And it could have just been because of where I was in Sao Paulo. It felt very city. Uh, like it felt like I was in a in a big city. Mm-hmm. Whereas Rio kind of felt similar to being in like Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Like yes, there is a city, but there's something different about being on a coastal place. Yeah, even though it's a large city, it still felt coastal. Mm, interesting. Okay, so you know you got to experience these five days and see two cities in Brazil. So what was your favorite experience during the trip if you could name one i think the first two days were just really good like really solid highlight days so paragliding was i think something that's a little out of characteristic for me i am terrified of (laughs) heights don't like them it's not my favorite thing in fact one of my least favorite things but it was just so it was so nice i just really enjoyed the experience being able to see the city from that perspective doing something totally different. That was like a day one activity. It was kind of later in the morning, which was really nice. So I didn't feel like I was rushed to get up and go after traveling for a really long time. But it was still early enough to where when I was done and got back, I was still able to just kind of chill for the rest of the day. So I didn't feel like pressured to do a bunch of stuff and like go, 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 go. Day two, just my tour guide was incredible. She was amazing. Riani was so nice and friendly and really just made sure that we had a good time. And so just being able to see all of these different places, I will say Christ Redeem is really hot and really crowded. So that was unexpected. And I'm sure had I done like even the faintest bit of actual research on Christ the Redeemer, Mm -hmm. I'm sure both of those things would have come up. But yeah, Christ the Redeemer is really hot and really crowded and was low-key my least favorite part of the whole tour, but was still like it's it's still an experience. So it was still it's still really nice. So I would say my first or my favorite experience were those first two days mm. of just exploring and getting out into the world. Out into Rio, really. So again, you know, Chris is a vegetarian. And that is one of the things we kind of talked about. Like, okay, when you go to Brazil, like, you know, way back in the day when we used to talk about planning, you were kind of thinking about like, okay, maybe I would like reintroduce meat before I went. Like, this is like Brazil, like known for like churrascaria. Like you have to like eat Brazilian barbecue. And I know you stayed vegetarian for this trip. What was your favorite thing that you ate or were able to find? Yeah, food wasn't great in Rio (laughs) for being a vegetarian. More often than not, my breakfast was just the breakfast buffet in the hotel, Mm -hmm. which is not bad by any means, but like... You can only eat eggs and toast so many times. (laughs) Yeah. So pretty much just had eggs and toast the whole time for breakfast. And then lunch was whatever I could scrounge up throughout like different parts of the tour. And and I think like on the tour day, I had French fries and then we went to, we went to a buffet, but like, again, it was like rice and all the different kinds of meats that you could possibly want. The fruit, I will say, was very nice. So I did enjoy it. I just had a lot of fruit at the buffet, but it was very, it was good fruit. And I mean, that's even coming from like a buffet where, you know, like the fruit can sometimes be a little sketchy or at least, I don't know, American buffets, the fruit section is probably like janky. It is not not, where you should be going. No, you'll probably get a disease. (laughs) The fruit in Rio was really nice. And so I didn't, I was not sad about it. And then for the most part, I just like did my best to scrounge up whatever I could. 
some uh, yuca at one point, some French fries. I did have uh, pizza at some point. <laughs> I was very committed to having pizza and some, I had Italian pasta one night as well. So yeah, the food was not the highlight of the trip. I would not list that as one of my favorite experiences, but I knew that going into going to Brazil. Brazil's not a vegetarian friendly spot. So that's fair. Like I'm not, I wouldn't like knock that on Brazil. Like, that just doesn't, I can't go into something knowing it's not going to be like that. And then be like, man, you're terrible for not having this thing that I already knew you weren't going to have. Which some travelers are like that though. Right. Like they're, it's a, it's almost a sense of entitlement of like, Oh, well, they should have all the options just because I'm going there. You know, and it's like, um, you're entering into a environment that is very much not your normal environment, like your own typical environment. So how can you expect those things? But it's so funny because hearing you say that about like the buffet and things like that, there was a post in a DFW like Facebook group that I'm in and someone was asking for good vegetarian options in downtown Fort Worth. And someone had said the Brazilian barbecue, but not like ironically, they were talking about the sides at the Brazilian barbecue are really good and they're, you know, very vegetarian. And so they were like, yeah, like, you know, I'm vegetarian. I actually really like going to this buffet because they have really good sides. And I was like, oh, I like that place because they have really good meat. (laughs) (laughs) So people thought they were being funny and they're like, no, I'm actually being like serious. Like it's, it's really good and it's really solid. (laughs) Okay. So you said, you know, food was not the least, it was not your least, least favorite experience. Like you knew what you were getting into. So what was something, if there were any, that was your least favorite experience during the trip? Oh no, there was something. Them 10 hour flights. Oh, there's, I was not prepared for an overnight 10 hour flight. That was not fun. Zero out of negative five out of five stars. That stuff sucked. I don't know how people travel the world regularly, but there is something about those seats being just, they're just upright. They're, it just, it was so uncomfortable. I felt like, I, I, I can't say I slept so much as like, I just like closed my eyes into my backpack for a few hours. Like it just. Closed your eyes and hoped for the best, which is so funny. I sleep so good on planes. Oh man, those 10 hour flights, they hate. You just like fall asleep, wake up, you're like, oh, I'm in a new place. But I think you're also not a, what? you're not a good sleeper as it is, like even in the best of conditions and ideal conditions. So going on a plane doesn't seem like that was going to be a good experience for you. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be that bad. When I tell you I had that, that neck pillow and I thought that was going to like really do something, it did it. I just could not, I couldn't do it. I could not find the position. You're a first class traveler. I think that's what it is. You need to try it. But you know what? I'm worried. Like you're going to do your first, first class and you'll be like, how did I ever fly in coach ever? Like, <laughs> which I mean, for domestic flights, it's not a problem. Like a quick three, four hours, fine, whatever. During the day, it is what it is. You just, you do it and it's fine. 10 hours overnight. No, put me in business class and let me go to sleep in one of those little lay down bed things. Oh, that's not business class, honey. <laughs> You need a little. That's definitely business class. To lay down. Yes, that was a business class. Premium economy. What is that? Premium economy. Them people just sitting in those slightly bigger, still upright chairs. Yeah. I was like, no, no, no. Skip that. Skip that. Go straight to business class. You need to go straight to first class. That's where it's at. <laughs> the first class is always blocked off, though. So where you enter into the airplane as well, you never enter through first class on those like bigger flights. You're entering into business economy, but there was still more in oh. front. They just, you, they, they like close them off. I don't know what first class is like then, you're right. <laughs> I didn't even, they clearly don't even let the poor people over there. So, <laughs> so 
So no, business select is fine then. Cause yeah, I just got to lay down. I could not. I, it was so unpleasant, which I will say it did make exploring Sao Paulo a bit of a challenge. Cause being tired off of that flight and then landing in Sao Paulo that morning. And then I think that's why I didn't do as much as I could have in Sao Paulo. Cause part of me was just running on them fumes. I was just ready to be in the hotel at Rio because I wanted to go to sleep. Yeah. That's tough. They had a, um, a little temporary hotel that you could have like booked a room at and just stayed for a few hours. So that I might have just in future plannings, if I have layovers like that, that could be something that I look into, even if it's just like a one or two hour power nap. That recharge is so necessary sometimes though, like especially when you can't get comfortable on a flight. Mm-hmm. That lay down sleep. It's a little nice amenity just to like sleep a little bit, just to rally and then, you know, go for it. <laughs> Literally, that's all I needed. It was just like a quick little whoop. That was your least favorite. Not, do you want to tell them? What, you don't want to tell them about you hitting the rocks? That wasn't my least favorite experience, though. Oh. It did happen. Let's talk about it. It was wild. Tell, tell oh us your gosh. funniest story. <laughs> my funniest story was full of all of the things that you're not supposed to do when you go traveling solo internationally for the first time by yourself, independently, solo. So... I heard about a beach that was south of Rio, like the main Rio area. And this was when I was on the tour and there were other people that had gone to this beach and they were just like, man, there's this really nice beach south of Rio. And it's really nice because it's kind of like the way that it's set up, it's like kind of secluded. So you feel like you're in this like hidden lagoon kind of area and Like it was true. Like it was beautiful. It really was really nice when I got there. And like the water was like so clear and it was nice and cold and refreshing. And like it just like they were not lying. It was a high quality beach for sure. But they had the little red flags out. Chris, you didn't talk about the red flags when you originally told this story. That's not true. I did tell you. And you were like, that just means there's riptides. So, but like, I was like, no, yes, riptides. But it also does mean that like the ocean is like angry. It's not the happiest. It's really feeling itself today. And so I was just like, it's fine. Like, I'm not going to be crazy. Like, I'm not going out into the ocean. I'm not down. Like, I'm not going out into the ocean. Like there were the little, they have the little lifeguard people there, but like, ain't no one trying to tempt fate. Like I'm not. On your last day. (laughs) On my last day. Like that is not, that's not how I go out in this world. But what I did want to try to do was take a picture on one of these rocks. Because one of the things Emma was really talking mess about before the trip was you don't ever take enough pictures anywhere. So make sure that you're taking enough pictures when you go out places. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm going to just take a cute little picture, a little selfie on this rock out in like, it wasn't like super far out, but like the water around it was not that high. You know, like beaches, the water kind of like, it moves in and out. And like when the water was not present, it was only like maybe like a centimeter of water. So it wasn't like I figured in my head, oh, it's not really like Super strong. in the water. So I'll be fine. Like I'll just get on the rock, take this little picture and get down. Well, nature decided that right when it was my time to get on the rock, the ocean was going to reach all the way up. Cause you know, it's the ocean, it's not a pool. So it's not like it's predictable. And so as I'm like trying to climb up this little rock, the wave like crashes down over the rock and like pushes me back down to the ground. Now I say that like, it's not like I was like climbing a cliff or anything. I was just like, I had to get up on this rock a little bit. So like, it was about like shoulder height, the rock. And so I just had to like climb up a little bit. The water like pushed me down. And then like, as I fell, my like legs scraped on the rock. 
And so, yes, I did end up like cutting my leg up a little bit. I was like, well, this sucks because the water is so clean and it feels so good and it's so clear. But I know that you are not supposed to enter the ocean with an open wound because it's the ocean and things live in there. And the last thing that you want is to get an infection from the ocean. And so I, I didn't cut my time short, like at the beach proper, but I was definitely like, I had to get out of the water and then also was really mad because I couldn't take any more pictures. And then was also really mad because I realized I didn't have any service on this beach. Oh no! And so then when it comes time to leave and I'm like trying to order the Uber, I'm having a really hard time, like finding good enough connection to like call the Uber. And so one of the like people that was waiting on the beach was like, Oh, do you need a ride to go back to your hotel? And I was just like, okay, yeah. One of the first things it tells you not to do is just get in random people's Don't cars. Be getting in in car. <laughs> Don't be getting in cars. And I was like, Oh my gosh. At that point, like I'd hurt my leg. And so I would have had to like, the alternative would have been to like walk to a spot where I would have had strong enough service to like, order the uber and like i'm not sure you know i wasn't sure like where the service would have started to be strong enough for me to do that and so i was just like well y'all and the man saw me i was stressed at this time like i was stressed like the situation was not fun but like i was stressed because i'm like oh am i really about to do the one thing that we said not to do we said don't get in no random cars and the guy was just like okay well where do you need to go told him where the area was that i was staying and he was just like okay cool that'll be he told me the amount and i was like okay y'all I like took a deep breath, like took a deep breath and was like, okay, well, this is going to be it, y'all. You, it's going to be fine. Like, he still has all his kidneys, so he's fine. I still have both of my kidneys. And in all fairness, like, it was maybe like a five minute drive and then I had service again. So, like, A, that probably would have been like a 15 or 20 minute walk, but it's not like this was like a sidewalk road. Like, it was like a hidden beach area. So, like, it would have been me trying to like walk along the road while people are still driving, but it's fine. And as soon as I like got back, I knew that I was able to communicate with people and like had all the stuff. So it was totally, it worked out. He took me back to the neighborhood that I needed to go to along Copacabana Beach to get to my hotel. There was a lot of traffic. So I was just like, let me out here. And I'll just walk the rest of the way, stopped the little pharmacy, got all the stuff, bandaged myself up, and then still went out that night to buy souvenirs and get dinner. So it all worked yes. out. Oh my goodness. You- it did all work out. I would not recommend doing any of those things. <laughs> well, when you had like explained it at first, you were like, I like, you had sent the picture and I couldn't imagine how you had got hurt. All I knew is that you got taken out by a rock. And I was like, but I'm so confused, like how you were next to this rock. Now I understand the full context of the story, you know, also funny, fun fact, not funny, fun fact, but you know how you're saying like, you don't go in the ocean with an open wound. That's actually what we used to do growing up. Like anytime we would get cut up real bad because of the salt water, we would go into the ocean. Because the theory behind it makes sense. It's salinated water. Also, if you're in, yeah, also if you're in like, Rio, I feel like that's probably the best place, especially because the water was so clear. You would have been okay to do that. In this particular location. Yeah. But I mean, it is what it is. Like I just wasn't going to tempt fate. Like it just exactly. wasn't. Exactly. You're like, I'm just going to like, at the same time, let me just get an amiibo real quick. And then... <laughs> Because nature had already shown me that it was not up for my foolishness that day. So, But no, now in retrospect, obviously, like, I would not do that in California. That's not one place that I would go and clean my wounds. But yes, Hawaii, definitely. Probably Rio, also on there. It probably, like, it truly, honestly, probably was. Like, because the water is also, you know, like, it was below that temperature of, like, there probably is nothing in here. Mm -hmm. And if there is, it was going to get you anyway. (laughs) Regardless. Because it's hardy. That's what I meant. Like, it was going to get you. So, nah, it, like, 
it probably would have been fine. And I think like maybe if I had been with someone else or like in a group and like had someone else to be like, mm, it'll probably be okay. You know, sometimes you need that hype person to be like, nah, you'll be fine. And so I erred on the side of caution in this particular moment and was like, let me just not be in the ocean. Yeah, no, but I think you, you played it exactly how you were supposed to. Okay, so we were reading Reddit after Reddit after Reddit about like traveling solo. Do you feel like a lot of those things were unwarranted or did you feel like, like, did you feel like you were erring more on the side of caution because of the Reddits or do you feel like... I think that I was, but I also think considering context potentially of the people that are posting, right? So for me, I was asked several times while in Brazil if I was Brazilian. And more often than not, people walked up to me speaking Portuguese. Not like maybe he does or doesn't speak Portuguese. Like it was like assumed that I was Brazilian and spoke Portuguese. So I do think that... Some of it was people just assume that, like, why would I steal from someone who lives here? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, well, because you look like a local, it helped you blend in a little bit more. Was a little bit more, you were a little bit more inconspic or conspicuous. Yes, and in the sense of like, because I also because there are definitely like less melanated Brazilians out there. Mm-hmm. That was not the Brazilian I was getting mixed up for. <laughs> even my tour guide was like, "You sure? Like, like not even like a little are you bit? totally sure? Like." Not even, not even a little bit. Um, so I also think that that helped. And like, even the one time that I was in the market, the man, I had my phone in my back pocket. Just like, it's just a habit. It's where I put it. And he was just like, can you not have your cell phone in your back pocket? Like, it's very easy to steal from that pocket. Could you move it probably to your bag? That's probably the safest place. Was this like another Brazilian or like a... Yeah, this was one of the Brazilian street vendors. What? Mm-hmm. Wow, so they were even, like, looking out for you, too. I felt like I... Yes, I understand that, like, stay vigilant. Don't do stupid stuff. Like, don't be out here wilding. And I don't think that that's ever my experience anytime that I go anywhere. So I understand. Like, and I think that it was all good advice. It was all sound advice. Those are probably things that people should not do. But it worked out for me, and I had a really good time. And I don't know... Who's to say, like, had I been less diligent that it would have worked out the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was good advice. I think I had the right amount of caution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're, but you were still able to like, you weren't always like on that anxiety level of like, okay, now I have to like keep my head on a swivel like all the time. Like it was, you were still able to enjoy yourself, I think essentially. Yeah. So I chilled out. It was fine. I will say that like Brazil is like very Portuguese speaking. I met all of five English speaking people while in Brazil and they all worked for companies that deal with English-speaking tourists. Mm. So the paragliding tours, the two people that worked at the paragliding company spoke English. Some of the, not even all the people, but some of the people in the hotel that I stayed at spoke English. And the tour guide, not even the driver of the tour bus, but the guide spoke English. That was it. Everywhere else is 100% Portuguese. But that's always like such a good experience though, right? Like you got to, you know, really be kind of immersed. You don't want to be around all the English speakers, you know, that's kind of how I feel living here. I'm like, I don't want to be around all the English speakers because they're normally like loud and rowdy. <laughs> Which is so, because I'm like, where? What? How are you so confident and loud and rowdy in a place where no one can communicate exactly. with you? Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. Okay. So final thoughts on your first solo international adventure. It worked out. I am really glad that it was one of those 
times in your life where you have really high expectations and then the life experience meets those expectations. So I did not go to Brazil and was disappointed mm. by really anything. Yeah. And I guess part of it was like, I also did enough research to have realistic expectations mm-hmm. about things. And so it was not, I was not trying to sell myself a fantasy of what Brazil was, but I went and I did have a really, really good time. So that was probably like the most rewarding part is not going to someplace expecting to experience some fantasy and then having the reality be very different and then having that impact my experience. That was not it. I have done the research. Okay. Y'all. My whole minor in college was Portuguese. <laughs> don't ask me why. I don't want to talk about it, but I've done the background work for this particular trip. And so it all worked out. It was amazing. It was incredible, actually. Nice. Okay. So Yelp review, rate your first solo international adventure out of five stars. I would give Rio five stars and the overall experience would probably be five stars. There are some things that like, it can't happen again. Them little 10 hour flights in the economy class. It can't, I can't, I cannot do it. (laughs) It's not for me. I cannot, it cannot be for me, but overall the trip itself, five stars for sure. I definitely felt that that sadness that people describe when they're leaving a place. And then the sadness, like the few days when you're back at home, you're just like, man, I wish I was there again. So I definitely experienced those things. And there's still times where I'm like, I can't wait to go back. So yes, five stars, easy, probably more than five stars. But you know, you'll be out here trying to limit you with your star. Exactly. So five, five, five out of five. Ooh, I love that. Okay. So the people want to know, where are you going next? I think obligatorily, I have to go to Japan next. Duh. Because Emma straight up was like, oh, you have to go to Japan. I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to Japan until I went to Brazil. So, so now that that's out of the me. way, now that it's out of the way, now you can come. You have another at least two years here. <laughs> so there's that. And then I also want to go on a cruise and experience like what international travel looks like from that capacity. Because I'm sure that's very different mm-hmm. from flying into a country and living and experience that way. And so I think going on a cruise, going to Japan, those are my like, next stops my next 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 stops you know what i mean yes. and then i definitely based on like every review ever costa rica is also on yes pretty soon oh, i love no it. one has ever been to costa rica and gave it. anything other than five stars it's so good and i feel like now that you've been to brazil everything that you were describing about brazil reminds me of costa rica you know like the yucca fries the fruit the people like uh I would go back with you to Costa Rica, honestly. Like when I was looking for my next international teaching job, Isaac and I were like real close to looking at Costa Rica because we loved our time there so much. That's it for me. Da, 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 da. Am I the host again? Yeah, now you can be a host again. Perfect. Okay, well, Emma, it's time for our rapid fire question. Okay, so I kind of have like a two parter. Okay, and it's related to traveling. What is one thing that you either got or bought for your trip that you felt like was worth it? And what is one thing that you felt like was a scam? Definitely something that was worth it was the adapter. So the adapter that you gave me. Oh, you're welcome. Definitely worth it. (laughs) The life water bottle was probably worth it in the sense that like I didn't get sick. Who's to say if I would have gotten sick if I had just drunk the water, but that is not a risk that I was trying to take. And then my coworker, bought me one of those floating waterproof bags for cell phones. And so when I did go to the beach, I did use that bag to hold a little bit of, you know, just a little bit of like pocket cash, my phone, and then my hotel room key. 
And so, and it kept it all dry and it was really like, I was like, it was safe too after you yeah, fell. Actually right? everything was perfectly fine in, in there. So it was really nice. I definitely thought that that was worth it in terms of things that are a scam. I'm still not sold on compression socks. I did wear them, but I didn't, I wasn't sleeping anyway. So I don't know if it helped in any regard in terms of like preventing fatigue. So for me personally, I still feel like compression socks might be a little bit of a scam. That's a good one. Okay. So as someone who's like, I've seen people wear the compression socks and then I, I've also like never worn compression socks. I feel like that. I, I agree with you on that one. Like, I feel like it might be low key a scam, but I think it does help certain people. I do come off of a plane and I do have sausage toes. So obviously it, I think that that would alleviate that. <laughs> yes. But I think one thing that I have bought for a trip that was worth it are these Bose headphones. I think that's like one of the big ones that is like still to this day, one of the best buys that I've had. And it's multifunctional. You know, I don't only use it for travel. I use it for this. It's so funny because there's been some times where like I'll come home and I'll just put it on not and with the intention to put on music, but like, I'll just put it on because of silence. And I'll just sit there and I'm like, and I forget and I'll be wearing it for like a good 30, 40 minutes. And I'm like, oh shoot, there's nothing coming out. <laughs> Sometimes it's just nice to be in that quiet environment though. What's your question? I've had a lot of pizza recently from a lot of different places. So this question is, what is your favorite pizza topping? Oh, topping. In the US, I really like pepperoni and mushroom. In Japan, pepperoni is not a big thing, so I really like prosciutto and arugula. That's actually a very common pizza topping for some reason. What's your favorite pizza topping? I really enjoy pineapples and peppers. I like the sweet and spicy and savory all together. Pineapple in does one not belong thing. on pizza. That's a hot take. Where's the button to end this thing? We don't even need to. Don't even listen to the rest. Where's of the, the boo? Like, is there a boo? Where's the, where's the, this is nonsense. I know boo. No ridiculousness. Boo. Anyways, no, it's pineapples and red pepper. Wrong answer. <laughs> it's my favorite. I'm sticking to what it. What kind of peppers? Like banana peppers? Or like bell peppers? Or like jalapeno peppers? If it's with pineapple, then red peppers or jalapeno peppers. Okay. Because again, that, that's sweet and that's spicy. Yeah. But sometimes I'll replace the pineapple with banana peppers instead. Oh, so it's a pepper. And then the mushrooms. Ooh, mm -hmm. interesting. So it's just a bit, like, you know, little combos. Yeah. But like just a rotating. I just like the, the sweet and spicy of the pineapple and uh, like an actual spicy pepper. I love pizza. I really do. Oh, actually, lies. Also true. Lies. There is a pizza that I really like in Japan, and we order it. It's really bad, at least every other week. But it's a corn pizza. It's a like a corn like a corn chowder pizza almost. So it has corn and like potato salad and ham. <laughs> it's so it's so odd, but it's so good. You know, the nerve gone on that. Like pineapple doesn't deserve to be on pizza, and you put soup on pizza. It's not soup. It just tastes like soup. It's soup. It's real it's good. Soup on pizza. Someone, someone just emptied soup on a pizza. Is all that was. Yeah, mm -mm. it's delicious. Okay, I'll let you go with your pineapple on pizza for once. Mm. But in any case. Where can people find the podcast? You can find our podcast on Instagram and Twitter at the Tea with Crema. If you'd like to send us a cup of tea, you can also Venmo us at the Tea with Crema. You can currently stream us on YouTube and anywhere you like to stream your podcast. We hope to see you next time. Bye. <laughs>